Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the kitchen table this week. And I kind of wanted to return really quickly to the idea of why do I keep saying welcome back to the kitchen table? And I wanted to share yet again that we can be all sorts of friends with other women. We can be the friend who waves from a distance, the friend who talks politely at church or when we're picking our kids up from school. We can be the teammate friend who helps at the PTA and is working with other women on putting a fundraiser together where we laugh and we joke and we are glad when it's over. Or we can be what I call a kitchen table friend. The one who walks into my house, steps over the Legos and the Barbies right now. I also, full disclosure today, have a stack of laundry on my kitchen table and there's dishes in my sink tonight And yet you walk in and you walk through it all, give me a hug and we sit down and we begin to talk for real and we do real life together. And you may move the Legos to the side or you may build them up into a tower to make it easier for me to clean up later. Like you understand my life and you meet me there. And I want you to know that my heartbeat is when I say welcome to the kitchen table, it is a welcome in, bring me your life. Let's, let's do this together because motherhood can be messy, much more messy than Legos and Barbies and laundry because it involves our hearts and it involves our lives. So today we are going to be talking about what do we do when our child is afraid I did this over on Instagram as a live. I got so much conversation from it that I thought, you know, I probably should have this conversation here. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, We are presently, and the reason I did the live is that presently, right now, we are walking one of our little ones through fear. He's very afraid. He's in a season where he's very concerned Um, because I let him, I was not very wise at all. And I let him watch a movie with his 11 year old brother that his 11 year old brother was going to watch for school. It was a movie that I think that was made in the fifties or sixties. It happens to be black and white, but it was about, um, in world war II the American bombing response to Japan. So, um, yeah. It, it wasn't, it was not a brilliant move to let that child watch parts of that movie. Thankfully, his 11 year old brother is wiser than I am and recognized this probably isn't a good show for Timothy and he cut it short, but the damage was done. So our son has been very concerned at night that a bomb could be dropped from an airplane 
onto our house. Now, for you and me, we can easily see through that and we can understand the difference between a movie and real life and we can um, clearly even see that the chances of something like that happen. Like we understand that in a logical framework, but our ch- my, this child does not. And logic wasn't going to win the day. And so the Lord and I have been on a journey for the past month and a half of saying, Lord, how can I help my little guy? Not just cover up his fear, not just rationalize away his fear, but how can we actually do battle here in a way that is equipping for him in his faith walk? And I think that is the mindset shift for you and for me. See, the purpose of this podcast, even though I'm going to meet you and I'm going to talk to you about practically how things I've figured out have worked in parenting because trust me, I've, I've probably seen it, but what I really want you to understand is that in your mind, before you even engage with your child, you can have a mindset shift that focuses you on the truths of the gospel and how actually the gospel plays out in your motherhood with your child. And that's what I really had to learn this last month and a half. Like, how was I going to make Jesus more relevant to a five-year-old worried about a bomb dropping on his house? So I want to share with you what I've learned. And then I want to share with you a word picture that I have taught my children for years. Um, because I think the word picture is maybe more relevant to an older child. And we're going to discuss the fact that our young kids feel fearful and our older kids are afraid. And how do we engage with all of them with a mindset rooted in the truth, a long-term vision of where we're going to walk with them as we walk them through this season, this season of feeling afraid. We don't want to snap them out of it. We, we, we don't want to minimize it. We don't want to rationalize it and explain it away. Y'all, we want to root our kids in Jesus. In everything. Everything. When I rationalize away their fear and explain it away with why that will never happen. I am actually teaching them to rely on man. You know, if I say, buddy, it will never happen. Nobody would ever bomb our house because we have, we have a great military and, and they'll protect us. Okay. Whatever. The truth is what I'm saying is put your trust in this, this, or this, instead of saying, buddy, what you're feeling is fear and fear can be legitimate. It feels very legitimate when we feel afraid, but you have an enemy who wants you to feel afraid. He wants you up in this bed feeling scared. 
So how do we put our trust in Jesus in the moments we feel afraid? See, that's a different conversation. And so that's what I've been on a journey. How do I communicate that well and effectively with a five-year-old? So here are some things I've learned. And they all start with P and they will be in the show notes because I want to make this easy for you just to listen and think about. The first one, and remember these are my mindset shifts. These are not four P's that I'm teaching my kid necessarily. I am a little bit, but they really, really are helpful for me because, and I confess this in that live, y'all, I get frustrated because honestly, this fear, I was like, oh, come on. And yet it's legitimate. and I don't want to minimize it. I want to equip my child, not minimize or rationalize. So first P is my presence. And what began to happen is the Lord and I began to have this conversation earlier when this was starting. And I was like, God, what, what can I do differently? How can I change the way I'm interacting with this child? How can I love him the way you would want me to love him in this hard space? Cause I just want him to go to bed and he needs to go to bed. We need sleep. And the Lord's question to me was very simple. It was like, Bethany, when you are afraid, how do I respond to you in your fears? That's what I'm asking you to do, Bethany. I'm asking you to mimic me to your child. I'm asking you to give a physical, tangible picture of how I love you when you are afraid. And the first place he highlighted for me is he said, Bethany, I give you my presence. You need to give your child your presence. And that can be a hard truth, right? But God, all through scripture, gives his presence to his people. And y'all, we can break this down Every single story in the word of God, he offers his presence to his people when they are afraid. We look at Abraham, his presence. We look at Moses, his presence. The Israelites, he was a fire at night and a cloud by day. Joshua, he met Joshua. He said, be strong and be courageous. I will go with you. My presence is with you. You keep traveling through the Old Testament. Gideon. He said, Gideon, I will go with you. you. You travel through the Old Testament in person after person and then enter into the New Testament. He gave his presence and you and I as believers have the presence of the Holy Spirit given unto us all the time, all the time. He gives us his presence. And so we offer our presence to our child. What that looked like practically for me was the first night I laid with my child. I listened to him cry and work it out. I gave him my moments with him long after the normal bedtime routine was over. 
and the next night and the next night. But my conversation with him as I was giving him my physical presence was God is with you always. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He never turns his back on you. He doesn't walk away from you. He is with you right here in this bed. And we know this because the Bible tells us, and I'll get to that part of it in a minute. But I was transitioning my presence pointing to God's presence. And so then I would, I didn't continue a pattern of sleeping while letting my child fall asleep with me. That's not very helpful long-term, right? Because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to equip him to trust in God's presence because my presence is a limited presence. But God's is never-ending. And that is the, that is that beauty of even saying, I will stay with you for a few minutes, but God will be with you all night long. I will be here. I'll be right outside your door, but God is right here sitting with you in bed. And, and we had that conversation night after night, dissecting that concept of presence. Number two, the second mindset shift I had to do is that I had to understand that God always responds to me with patience. That was a big, hairy deal for me. <laughs> I get impatient. The, honestly, the second night, same fears coming up. I'm like, oh, come on now, dude. We, we talked about this last night. There is not a bomb going to drop on our house. And then the third night, I just was kind of rolling my eyes until the Holy Spirit began to go, Bethany, this is a deal. It's legitimate. And we're going to talk about this in that second part of this podcast, but why it's legitimate. But the Holy Spirit was saying, Bethany, this is legit and you need to pay attention. And so God is patient with us. He is compassionate. His love is steadfast. It is sure. He responds over and over and over to us with the same truths spoken in this same tone of voice. He is not... Um, he does not with, he is just patient and you and I can choose his patience in the way we interact with our child. And one of the things I did was I began to say, God, I'm going to need your compassion here. And I began to pray that I would see my child the way God sees my child. And we can root that in scripture. I'll put that in the show notes, the scriptures that I prayed to grow eyes to see Timothy the way God was seeing Timothy in this fear journey and that I would have the compassion that God has for Timothy so that I would see him differently than I wanted to see him, which was, I want you to go to bed. And then the third P is that I need to, I need to point you and I need to point our child to the truth in God's word. We want to equip them to journey in in this place, to do battle on this battlefield. And the way we do that is we anchor them in the word. Now we have talked about this back in ages and stages about understanding that one of our goals, long-term goals with our ki- children is that they will be anchored in God's word, that it will be their plumb line for wisdom, their plumb line for life. And This is a golden opportunity to have your child understand a truth of God's word as it 
is for them. And the word comes alive for them. Suddenly, instead of it just being something somebody big is talking about, it becomes an anchor. It roots them down. It it makes them feel strong. And honestly, it is the work you and I as warriors for our kids are called to do in equipping them to stand in the word of God and be strong and be courageous. So for us, we have this year been walking where we've been memorizing big kind of big passages of scripture. And one of them that we've been memorizing is Psalm 34, one through 10. It's a perfect passage for Timothy. Um, We did not memorize it because no one at the time was necessarily struggling with fear, but oh my goodness, it was the, it it was life giving for my child. So what I mean by pointing my child to the truth in God's word is we begin to go back over and say, Timothy, help me remember what Psalm 34 says and see, he can begin to quote it. Where we say, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And it will magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Oh, oh. Timothy, what does that verse mean? What does it mean that I sought the Lord. And we'd already talked about it in morning meeting. He knew that means to seek, to search after, to, to call out to God. I sought the Lord and he answered me. What's that mean? That's a promise. That's a promise God gives you. He will answer you. And he delivered me from all my fears. What does it mean to be delivered? Timothy, it means to be rescued, to be carried out, and for your fears to be gone from you. And we began to make that verse that he'd already memorized, but he'd memorized it because all of us had to memorize it, and he's five. We made it begin to come to life because suddenly it had meaning to him. And truthfully, the verse that really had meaning to him is down further in the passage where it says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. That's important to Timothy. And so those two verses have become his prayers at night. And I am teaching him and equipping him to understand I know that you feel afraid and you have an enemy who's going to want to make you feel afraid. He wants you to be up here and be scared. And I, as your older warrior, your mama, am calling you to pick up your sword in this moment, which is the Bible. And I'm going to teach you how to pray it over your own heart and your own mind as you lay down to go to sleep. And so I am pointing him. I am inviting him to step into courage. I am teaching him that truth is found in the word. His very hope is found in the word. And we know what hope means scripturally. Hope means assurance. It doesn't mean like, oh, I hope it happens. No. Hope is you are assured of this. 
and I am teaching and equipping him. Buddy, this Bible is for you. It is for your faith walk. And then I've taught him. We've been learning how to pray this out loud. And so that simply looks like, let me, you can pray the Bible for yourself. In fact, buddy, it is the most powerful thing that you will pray for your life. Because it is what Jesus did. When Jesus had to do battle against the enemy, he prayed, he, he spoke out the word of God. So we can bring the word of God before Jesus and pray it and understand there is power there. And we can ask Jesus to do the battle of the work, right? And at five, that's a good lesson. So he, at five, has been learning to pray like this. Dear Jesus, I know that, that you are with me. And I know that you will answer me because I am seeking you and I am asking you and trusting that you will deliver me from all my fears tonight. You will, and this is how we pray, you will deliver my mind from all my fears. You will deliver my heart from all my fears and you will make me not feel afraid. And I know that the angel of the Lord encamps around me and he will deliver me, and I am trusting in you. And that is what he is learning to pray. It has taken time. So we're a month and a half into this. And this is an every night, ongoing conversation. And I want to encourage you, we've said this a lot, lot, lot in here, or on here, or whatever this is. But if you were sitting at the table with me, I would grab your hand, I would look you in the eye, and I would say, listen, this takes time. It just takes time. But you have time. Give your time to this. This message needs to be repeated over and over and over again. Where you walk back down the stairs and you're like, I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to get this. What in the world? And you know what I can tell you with assurance is I am watching my guy do battle now at night. Where a month and a half ago, his prayer life was a lot more like, Thank you for my day. Thank you for my food. Hope I have a good day tomorrow. Kind of prayer. And now he is praying for his mind, for his thoughts. Tonight he prayed for someone else's mind and thoughts that they would not be afraid and based it in the scripture. He is learning. He is becoming equipped. Is it one and done? Like, are we done? Is this kid never going to worry about fear again? No. We're going to revisit this a lot, a lot. So what I want to share secondly is a word picture and concept, and then we'll be finished today. But as your child grows, I have found a very powerful word picture that I have used with my kids that has given them, um, given them I think, um, a frame of reference to understand what is happening. So the first word picture that we talk about is the fact that we're on a battlefield. I don't think that's a word picture that's too far askew from scripture, right? Ephesians six makes it very clear that we are in battle. And as a mature warrior with armor and an understanding and a growing understanding of your armor more and more, what does the gospel mean 
to all those different pieces that Paul talks about, we're also leading our child to understand their armor. But the truth for you and me is, for instance, right now, when Timothy is five, I, I am the one who is the fierce warrior. And I step in front of him and absorb the blows of the enemy as best I can with my shield of faith. It is my faith that is impacting him. It is my, the truth that I know, my belt of truth, that I apply to this situation. It is my feet that are steady in the gospel that keep us upright, right? Because he is a little warrior, very young, very, very tiny. But as our kids grow, we want to equip them to become fierce, to understand their sword, to understand their weaponry, to understand their armor, to understand how it actually applies in real life situations. And what I have found is there is a word picture that really helps our thought life. You see, our kids will, when they're young, they're going to explain, they're going to talk to us about their thought life and they're going to say, well, I'm afraid here. I'm afraid there. And then what I have realized happens a lot of times is that my kids begin to go, well, maybe I shouldn't feel afraid. Or the enemy comes in and says, all you ever do is you just are always afraid. Or because we're talking about fear. So that's the thought. But the reality is for our thought life, the enemy will attack whatever the thought life is that we have also labeled as sinful, right? So if it's bad thoughts, lustful thoughts when they get older, um, fearful thoughts, um, shameful thoughts, um, jealous thoughts, you know, we know when our thought life is not okay. And then, so the enemy assails us with thoughts that are fearful, jealousy, shameful, discouragement, overwhelm, whatever. And then he attacks us with condemnation that says, you should never feel that way. And you always feel that way. You're so sinful. And this word picture has helped my bigger kids, I believe, fight some of the thoughts that assail their mind. So this word picture is simply about being an air traffic controller, being in an airport. And it's a silly word picture. And I understand, I totally understand it has limitations. It's not perfect, but it really does help. You know, because 2 Corinthians 10 is an anchor verse. Again, we talk about we're going to be patient. We're going to offer our presence to our fearful older kids. We're going to be patient. We're going to understand that we may be saying the same thing over and over again. They may be wrestling with the same concepts over and over again. And so do we with God. And God is very patient with us. And then we're going to anchor them in a scripture. One scripture I have found that's very helpful to anchor my kids who struggle with thought life is 2 Corinthians 10. It reads... Um, verses three through five. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. 
y'all, we need to equip. Remember we talked about that it's not enough for me to rationalize away their thoughts, to minimize their thoughts, to um, have their thought life depend on man-made ideals. But instead, we need to equip our young warriors to stand on the battlefield and fight the arrows the enemy is going to send their way. Because if we don't, if we don't, then the enemy begins, he totally is crafty. He knows the best way into our thoughts, right? Some of you may never struggle with fear. You're just bold people. But man, you struggle with jealousy, right? And it's a thought pattern that the enemy can just utilize in your mind and it becomes a stronghold. So for our kids, it's the same. But when I talk with my kids about their thoughts and I begin to use this word picture, it has given me a place to have a conversation. So the word picture looks like this. I say, you know how at an airport, there is the control tower and the man sitting in the control tower. All there are so many airplanes up in the field above Atlanta Hartsfield airports, one of the biggest airports in the world. Right. And there are so many airplanes flying above it and they're all circling. And sometimes you can be in an airplane and like you're above where you're supposed to land. And yet your airplane, the pilot will come on and say, we haven't been given permission yet to land because there is one person who decides when the plane lands and that is the air traffic controller. But the planes are all up there circling, but the air traffic controller says, and now you're cleared to land. And so then that plane can land on the runway and then everybody can disembark and more people can get on. Well, in our minds, thoughts can enter into thoughts are the airplanes And thoughts can enter into our mind, our airfield, or whatever it would be called, the airplane space. (laughs) What is it called? I don't even know. Um, But thoughts can fly into our mind. And they're not owned by us. They're airplanes that have, have said, whoop, and they're in there. Either... Because the culture around us, all of a sudden, we have that thought, you know, we, there's a TV show shoots a thought in the enemy shoots thoughts in our flesh, whatever thoughts come in. And then though, you and I are the air traffic controller. We're the one who have the divine power to demolish the strongholds, right? We're the ones who can understand, wow, this is not something I should be thinking. Because see, each plane has to ask permission to land. The same thing holds true for our minds. The thoughts that fly in are not what we're responsible for. But we are responsible for what we allow to land, what we allow to stay, to take over our airfield. So when I allow a thought to land... When I allow it to open its door, when I go climb in and I begin to look around and see what snacks they're serving on this aircraft and I wonder what these seats are like and I check out the cockpit, then I am choosing to engage with that thought. And that engagement 
is under my control. And it is under your child's control. So when fear comes against us or when worry circles and we say, well, what we want to have our child say is, how am I being as an air traffic controller in this moment? And again, we're, we're calling our child to reflect. We're talking about our older kids here, not our five-year-old. Soon he'll be able to understand that word picture, but I don't think it's yet. So I haven't shared it with him. But it's, how are you being as an air traffic controller? How are you guarding your thoughts? How, what are you letting land in your mind? How long are you letting them stay there? Because when, when we begin as a, a believer to understand that we have weapons to destroy these strongholds, we have the word of God, which is our sword. It's our primary weapon. And then we have the armor, which is our protective piece. But the truth, the word of God slays all evil. We have been given the counselor, the Holy Spirit. He will lead you into all truth is what it says in John 16, 13. So when we are battling thoughts of fear, worry, performance, jealousy, lust, despair, we have to stop using human logic and reasoning. And it is not okay to equip our kids with human logic and reasoning only. It's not. We want to root them in their weaponry, in the power of walking with Jesus, in the fact victory has been completely won at the cross and they are now walking in victory, right? Who are they in Christ? And we walk them through scripture that speaks to the places where they're struggling. And then we give time for the Holy Spirit to do the work the Holy Spirit needs to do because we're patient. So we've given them our presence. We've given, we're pointing. We're equipping them in the word. We're teaching them to pray. And we are patient, understanding that at every stage, every place, this is going to be a journey of faith and it will take time. It will just simply take time. But you and I have a golden opportunity to equip our child to walk boldly and courageously. Not because they have a bold and courageous personality. Not because they pretend well and act all big and bad. But because they are a child of the king. Fully walking in victory. Equipped with all of his power that lives within them, the fullness of God dwells within his people. And we have been given power on high to stand in the day, to stand in the battle, and to pray. I hope this gives you a picture of how do you walk with your child who is afraid. I have on my website in the resources. I will put, I will actually put it in these show notes. I have a little downloadable worksheet that gives the air traffic controller word picture to you so that, because I do believe that it works extremely well at communicating this big concept of thought life to our kids in a way and in a language 
that is mm, easy for them to talk about with you. So it's easy to have the conversation with your 13 year old when you see them struggling going, how are you doing as an air traffic controller? And them know exactly what you mean without you kind of going, Hey, are your thoughts like good godly thoughts? That feels that question, honestly, to most teenagers feels threatening, but how you doing as an air traffic controller in your thought life doesn't feel as threatening and it opens the door. Because remember, we've talked about before, we have given this amazing privilege to shepherd our child, to hold their hearts in our hands, to walk alongside of them and give them our presence. And I think this word picture really works. So I want to give you that sheet. It'll be in the show notes. You can just download it very easily. There will be a little link that you can go grab it. Um, I hope it will encourage you. And as always, I welcome all your questions and your thoughts And if I'm not clear, please reach out. I appreciate it so much when y'all reach out to me and tell me, I don't get that. It is not bad not to get it Um, because we all want to know how to walk with our kids. And if you're at my kitchen table and you are my dear friend pushing aside my laundry, I would give you a big hug and we would pray. And then we would go and engage our kids with gospel truth because it, it's just hard these days. But we have victory because Jesus has come and he has won. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.